Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal women and those of you who love them. Yes, mothers, daughters, grand and great-grandmothers, fearsome and generous, humble and honest, in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. Here we dig deep and we come up strong. For those of you joining us for the first time, each month we explore a new theme inspired by you. Yes, I said you. We bravely walk into places where tradition has taught us that there are some things we just don't talk about. But not at this table. No matter how hard judgment knocks, it cannot come in. Beloved, here we live beyond the wreckage. Every week we experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other. We share aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for far too long. And every week we start right where we are. I am so excited about the, how the show's progressing. We're in our fifth month of proof that dreams can come true. And you all know, frankly speaking, with Tyra G is one of my most priceless dreams. I thank God for every remembrance of you and your gifts of ideas, your presence, and your encouragement. You know, those were the gifts that inspired me. I can't do this show without you. You know that, right? You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, on your TV, computer, and mobile device. And we are webcast worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Should you miss us? No worries. You can catch our podcasts on YouTube on Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. And if you feel like connecting with me offline, y'all know I love that, right? Email me at tyra at tyragarlington.com. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm Listening. Our theme this month is Voices from the Future. Interesting title, right? Seriously, I know the only time we have is the present. However, the other reality is that our future is walking among us right now. Those currently in high school and grade school will be overseeing our aging in place and other activities in the December of our lives. We need to connect with them, to know them better, to respect who they are as the people they are. And that's exactly what we're doing this month. All month we've heard from millennials, Generation Z guests on what are hot topics hot topics to them excuse me we continue this week with what we're calling sensitive soundtracks from generation z and beyond that beyond is i have a very 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 special guest who's in the fifth grade she's the next generation i think you're going to love hearing from her today you will be entertained encouraged and empowered by the gift of talent from representatives of the mclean youth orchestra in virginia You know, I like to begin each week by creating a common thought space related to our theme for our time together. And today we're going to walk into a space not inhabited by most Generation Z and younger. And that's the space of classical music beyond the following words. I'd like for you to listen. Audiences love classical musicians, young classical musicians. The oldest with the three-quarter size violin, the pianist whose legs just now reach the pedal, 
the kid whose confidence is as big as his talent exploding before his eyes. We are astonished, awed, and amazed. We wonder how the parents of these accomplished young people on stage taught them to handle the pressures of performance with skill, poise, and sometimes even charm, much less to get them to practice. And we wonder, after much impressive childhoods, what lies ahead for these youth? Will they join ranks with other top-flight performance and orchestras in the United States or abroad, spending their time playing the music they love? Will a very few of them become superstar soloists, like celloist Yo-Yo Ma, whose names almost guarantee a full concert hall? Now, for a different perspective, Music pervades American culture. It's difficult to go to a bar, to a gym, to a restaurant, or a clothing store, or party without hearing background instrumentals and a bass line of drumming. Coloring events, weddings, funerals, reunions, proms, graduations, some tunes are evergreen, some are trendy, but the music itself always has been a common thread. Just as technology has changed dating, games, entertainment, and friendship, it has also changed our music consumption. We no longer must scan statically radio channels for a good song, artist, albums. Individual tracks are available to us through a simple search and play. Would you believe that 7 out of 10 U.S. consumers say they listen to music every day? Audio streaming services have become ubiquitous with 8 in 10 American adults currently using at least one audio streaming service. Multiple audio streaming bands compete fiercely for these audiophiles with bands like Pandora, Spotify, and Apple Music, all three brands vying for the same ears in a saturated market. Unsurprisingly, consider that more than 9 in 10 younger Americans listen to music every single day. They are power users of music. They stream and they listen. Now enter the following challenge, and I quote, I've lost count of times. I've read the line, why aren't young people going to classical music concerts? Or heard the question, how can we get more young people to listen to classical music? Or let's get young people in concert halls, Generation X, Y, Z, and beyond. How do we link them all together? After our break, you'll meet my very special guests who will help us get a handle on how we might encourage more of their generation to listen to classical music. You stay close now. Welcome back. I believe there's no better way to meet someone for the first time than to hear their voice and what they have to say. In studio today with me, I have Miss Lucia Noto, who is in the fifth grade. Hot dog, I love it. Mr. Graham Skirtick. I said that name right, thank you. And Ms. Veronica Jackson. I'm going to have each one of them introduce themselves, starting with you, Lucia. Okay. So my name's Lucia Noto. And I'm in fifth grade at the Holton Arms School in Bethesda, Maryland. And I play the violin. I've been playing since I was two years old. Actually, I did not choose this instrument. When I went to my teacher, Dr. Carolyn Barrett, at age two, 
I intended to play the piano, but when I got there, my teacher said that in order to play the piano, I had to have a piano at home to practice on, not a keyboard. She said that I could start Suzuki on the violin until I get a piano at home, and then I could switch. When my mom asked me about six years ago, I didn't want to switch because I wanted to fo focus on one instrument and get good on it instead of having two to practice. I came to MYO because my symphony that I was playing with closed briefly and also because I was going to one in Leesburg and I live in McLean. <laughs> we were researching orchestras in the area and we thought this one was perfect because it was so close by. The only thing was that all the kids playing in the youth orchestras were in seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, and I'm in fifth. When I got there, though, they treated me like an equal, even though I was so much younger than them. My teacher for the MYO, Miss Jackson, is very kind and helpful, and she helps each person individually when they don't know how to play something. She also helps with markings in the music. That's what I like best about MYO. Everyone is so welcoming and helpful. One of my biggest dreams is be to become a vet. I love animals and want to be able to help them. I got a dog two years ago, and whenever I play the violin, he slowly drifts off while listening to the music. <laughs> One of my challenges in life is being short on time to just play. The reason is that I have many activities that I do. An example is I play in four different orchestras, I play on a soccer team, I'm on a swim team, and I have a good amount of homework. My favorite hobby is geocaching, which by definition is a high-tech treasure hunt outside. Wait, 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 you gotta repeat that one. Geo what what? Geocaching. Geocaching, okay. Yep. And how do you play that? So you go outside uh -huh. and on a device you have a app Okay. And there's a compass and navigation to get you to the geocache. Okay. And once you get within 30 feet, you look around and you try to find this box. It's uh -huh. kind of like a treasure hunt. Okay, okay. And once you find it, there's trinkets inside, and you sign the logbook. Do and you, you get the trinkets, trinkets, or do you have to leave them there? You bring one, and you trade with the ones in the box. Oh, so you bring one with you, so there's always trinkets to be traded. Yes. Okay, finish telling me about you. I needed to know that geo thing. Okay. Mm. My greatest joy is when I can curl up in fluffy blankets with my dog and my family and open up a good book to start reading. Now, I have to tell you something. You're in the fifth grade. Yes. You wore me out. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> you just told me, well, Miss Tyra, I go to school. I... I know you have friends. I can see it all over your face. You're well-adjusted. Your parents love you. you got a dog, and you play music, you swim, and you play soccer. When do you sleep? <laughs> you don't? I do. You do? <laughs> I, I was interested in a couple of things. I know it will be difficult for you to remember, but when you can, how did you decide you wanted to play an instrument at all? When did you decide that music would be a part of you? I, I suspect it may be after you learned to talk, right? <laughs> yes. Can you remember anything about what drew you to music? 
Um, I think I went to someone's house. Okay. And I sat down at their piano and I started playing. And I just oh. sat there for hours playing the piano. Oh, I love it. And you like the sound or you like the manipulation of the keys? What What do you think you remember? I'm not sure, but I think I like making music. Making music. I want you to be in the soundtrack of my life. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hand off so we don't, you know, my, actually be too over productive in our conversation. I'm looking at Graham now. It's your turn. I see you laughing. Hi there. My name is Graham Skurdick. I'm 17 years old. I go to Falls Church High School. I live in Falls Church, Virginia. But most importantly uh, about myself, I am a nerd. And most people think that remains an insult. No, it doesn't. All it really means is that I can get excited about something and make other people excited about it as well. Excellent. I'm a fifth-year Latin student. I'm a martial artist. I'm a cellist. All of these things I can get excited over. And being able to do that is something that I think everyone needs to learn how to do. Mm -hmm. You need to learn how to love something so much that you can make other people love it as well. It's called passion, right? Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. I've been playing cello for eight years now. I started in the fourth grade. Um, yes, that's how math works. <laughs> <laughs> when my strings strings teacher in elementary school brought out all of the stringed instruments, we were in the gymnasium, and I just thought to myself, that looks cool. I want to do that. I came to MYO after... Uh, a couple of orchestras that I had been previously playing in disbanded one right after the other. So I was in three different orchestras in the span of three years. Mm. So MYO was sort of this this rock for me to hold on to mm-hmm. in, in my crazy life because, you know, junior high is... It's not fun. Madness no. is Mm-mm. what it is. Yeah, that's when you start to lose your mind up to... <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a trigger. I got it. Now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really appreciate MYO because we play original music. We, we don't play arrangements. And playing the original Marriage of Figaro, playing the original Don Giovanni, the original, the original um, Mulata Suite, it, mm-hmm. it really struck something within me because until then, I had been playing arrangements. And... Being able to play original music, you really get a sense for the character of the music, the intent of the composer, so on and so forth with it. And you could only really do that with what MYO provided, which was a full orchestra. Now, for those of, uh, those of us who are listening that are national, local, and international, MYO stands for what? The McLean Youth Orchestra. Okay, I'm decoding now. Yeah. And something I, I, I was uh, actually remiss... Uh, when Lucia talked about moving from Leesburg to uh, McLean, or where I I live in McLean, but the orchestra I went to was in Leesburg. Thank you. That's in other words for people who don't know our geography in Northern Virginia. That's a long way, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of miles, and that's a lot of Uber Dad, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Didn't I just want people to understand what we're saying? So go ahead now. Oh, and the other thing, arrangement versus original composition. Oh yes. So an arrangement is when 
someone who is not the composer takes the idea of a piece of music and orchestrates it differently. Say, okay. for full orchestra, in, uh, instead of full orchestra, it's for string orchestra. Mm -hmm. Or instead of for string orchestra, it's arranged for a wind ensemble. It still keeps the basic ideas of the music, but it changes the instrumentation of it. Okay, wonderful. Now, um, I had another question I want, oh, I know what I like, because I was asked, listening to Lucia, what made her want to walk into that space called classical music, and she said she sat down, and she played, and she, lo she loved it. You said your instructor or conductor brought out string instruments, and you said, and I quote, that one looks cool. Looks cool. Was that your trigger to walk over to the cello? It was that, but it was also seeing who would become my private teacher ah. in a store play the Imperial March from Star Wars on the cello. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> okay. So a couple, three things seduced you into that place, right? I'm coming back to you all. Uh, now, we, we've talked to musicians in the orchestra, and I have the pleasure of having one of the conductors of the McLean Youth Orchestra with us, Ms. Veronica Jackson, and she plays as well and will tell us a little bit more about herself. Hello, everyone. Uh, um, as mentioned, I am Veronica Jackson, and I'm super, super, super excited about having this opportunity to talk about and share with you just the joy of being a part of this music community and what it provides to our community at large. Um, I am a music educator in my 27th year of teaching. I've taught, uh, I spent about 17 or 18 years in Henrico County in Richmond, Virginia, and, and, and thoroughly enjoyed that. I started my career in North Carolina. Um, I am now uh, working as a middle school educator with Hammond Middle School in Alexandria City Public Schools where I adore, love, using my gift to work with um, just energetic, focused most of the time, sometimes, okay, <laughs> maybe not, energetic <laughs> students uh, in, in the middle school age. And it's just really, really, really so rewarding, even now at my 27th year of teaching. Oh. Um, yeah, I know. Right? Awesome sauce. I know, mm -hmm. I know. Um, I, w one of the things that uh, drew me to music, I'm, I'm a little older than um, our, our, our students here. We're not going to um, hold that we're against We're not going yeah, mm -mm. to hold that. Mm -mm. Um, I started playing violin when I was nine years old. Um, I was a part of, uh, all growing up, um, I was considered the um, uh, gifted smart one in my family mm -hmm. and uh, my parents really supported that effort as best they could even back in the in the uh, back in that time uh, in the 70s if you will um, and what we found what my parents did they they found all kinds of programs for me being and gifted and talented was the the term that they used for students who were um, are passing certain benchmarks and I was a part of that group um, all of the students in the Gifted and Talented program, and I, I, I might add that there were few. I, I don't remember any African Americans in that program, um, but I was, and my parents, again, were, were very supportive, and, and, and the, the school community was very supportive, but um, all of the students in that Gifted program played um, violin, 
and it was a Suzuki program. And I, my parents, who are basically from rural North Carolina, knew knew nothing about instruments. That mm-hmm. I came home one day and said, um, "I want to play the violin." So my dad, I, I, and I remind him of this often. Mm-hmm. He took me to the music store and brought me a brand new violin. It was so, it was a beautiful moment, just he and I. Mm-hmm. And I and I need to add at this moment that the fact that it was me, it, it just my dad and myself, um, is, is significant because I'm one of 10 children. Oh, that's very significant. I'm the Bless second oldest. Mother. I know, I'm the Bless second oldest. I, she's, she is wonderful, too. Um, I, I'm the second oldest of 10. So um, at, at nine years old, I st- still had eight siblings under me, so having that time uh, with my dad to go down to the music store, and I got to, I remember picking out, it was a $200 violin, which was a lot lot for my family, and I still, to this day, I'm I'm really grateful to my dad and my family for making that sacrifice for me, but it's it's a gift that, that continues to give back. I have not missed a day of being involved in music since that time. Um, and, um, and because I was the second oldest, I, I got to be the teacher when we played school. Mm-hmm. So it just followed me all the way up. And my older sister made sure she was a principal. My older sister was a principal. So, um, and she still is the principal, um, of our, of our sibling group. Uh, but we, we, we are, are still very close. Um, but growing up, education was very important to my parents um, and they just really supported everything that we did. And so I, I had a chance to, um, to be the teacher in my family it, it, for my siblings, and it's just a gift that I, I just fostered more and more through my high school years and certainly through college. Um, I got a chance to work with more and more students. Giving back has always been something that my parents have, have taught and being able to share mm-hmm. uh, and to speak about whatever you're feeling, whatever you're you're giving, whatever you're doing. My my mom was was really insistent upon us actually being able to verbalize how we feel mm-hmm. um, and what we think about everything. So um, and she's she's just an incredible woman. So um, music, I I felt very supported, and it, it it's just no. I just feel like my calling was to be in education. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I just have this general passion for children and being able to share my gift. And certainly as an African-American woman, my role has has expanded mm-hmm. um, and, and what I'm supposed to do with my gift um, and, and what I represent and how I represent uh, this profession in this profession. So I'm really excited about having the opportunity to work at MYO. This is my third year with them. Um, um, MYO has been a gift. Um, I, I so enjoy, again, working with students and of all ages. I, I tell people I work with littles, middles, and biggles. Um, and I, I just love, 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 love having an opportunity to present the music in a non-threatening way. Yes, we play um, original scores, as uh, Graham mentioned, um, but sometimes that can be a challenge um, when you're playing original music and with a young group. It 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 takes a, a certain uh, type of person and and a lot of patience 
to be able to communicate what what is needed from the music to really um, honor what is on the page. So, um, I I think I, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that I love about educators, and I guess I need to disclose, uh, I taught first, second, and third grade before yeah. I went on to graduate school, and I've been a principal and a counseling psychologist, and I I have immersed myself mm-hmm. in the arts because my parents encouraged and I the kinds of schools I went to was always symphony and or you know all kinds of opera things Mm -hmm. and it felt good Mm -hmm. but everybody doesn't get that and it's it's less and less available nowadays but I wanted to make two two observations you know me I'm coming back Lucia you said you wanted to be a vet yes you said you wanted to be a linguist yes okay now we have two wonderful musicians in here right that want to be something else Mm -hmm. and then we have a conductor who loved music and wanted to teach. So um, there's, if we look behind those words, what I think is important is you can have a passion, mm-hmm. a gift, and a talent about more than one thing. And I hear um, the students here are artists, mm-hmm. and they are passionate. And what I love about it is all three of you are giving back. Anytime you play for someone else, you're giving a gift. And I just wanted to congratulate you. That was just my little, you know, uh, that was my commercial. Yes, (laughs) that was kudos, kudos, kudos. Uh, And I wanted the audience to understand. I know, uh, Graham, you said I'm a nerd, but we know that's not a negative thing. Uh, What I want uh, our listening audience to know is that you're a tapestry of talent. Mm Mm-hmm. And you hear how articulate they are, so mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. Um, what I'd like to do now is kind of mix music, young musicians, and the unique unique attributes of Generation Z and those younger, and see what kind of sensitive soundtracks we make with the observations. I did some research, and um, these are some of the things I came up with. What I want you to do is you listen. Uh, Lucia and Graham, see if any of this resonates with you. And it may not with you yet, Lucia, but I bet you you've been looking. Do you have any older sisters or brothers? Nope. Ah, okay. No wonder you're ruling the house. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, here we go. (laughs) We're going to get started on this. So I want you to listen. Listen critically. Did you know that this is the first time in United States history that we have four generations in the workplace at the same time? Now just imagine sitting around a conference room table with four generations. And why is that significant? Because each generation is formed by what they've experienced. For instance, my generation experienced the moon landing. We were full of hope, but we also experienced the assassination of President Kennedy, and we felt hopeless. Generation Z dealt with financial uh, breakdown. And what the researchers have taught us is that there's a layer of anxiety that lives within Generation Z. And the generation after that, Miss Lucia, we, we don't know quite what you're going to be doing except that you grew up connected <laughs> with everything. So um, Add to the the things I've just said, a technology revolution that impacts learning and communication styles. Now, I have sat in a boardroom, and I have been a manager, and I've had four generations. 
I've had Gen Xers that don't want to have a conversation, tell me what to do and then do it. I've had boomers that say, oh, let's talk about it. I've had millennials say, look, I don't care about that. I've got to go play basketball. They want the life balance thing. So there's all kinds of things going on now, and we have to learn how to live together. So what is it about Generation Z? I'm glad you asked. I'm sharing excerpts from NPR's youth radio series. It's based on generational research, and it says the students entering college are not millennials. The next generation, Generation Z, has arrived. The oldest in the group are in their early 20s. Not only have they never known a world without the Internet, some have had smartphones since middle school. And for this group, animated GIFs and emojis are second nature. When you're young and you're talking to people with whom you share a lot, experience a lot, a lot of your communication, whether you're talking or not, is about connection, not about communication. So when Gen Z, whose members were in grade school when the iPhone came out, it's not just a picture that's worth a thousand words. It's a gift that's worth an attitude. Now what's new is the speed of communication. A word like fleek, which means smooth, had to look this up, nice and sleek. (laughs) It can come out on Instagram on Monday, but guess what? On Wednesday, your parents will know what it means, or not, like me. So how do we effectively and efficiently connect with and communicate with um, generations that are Z and younger? One way to do it is to ask. So I ask, and here's some of the quotes. So listen to some of these and see if they make any sense to you. First one, whenever I'm bored, I can always find something to do with my phone. Second, I can't live without my laptop because I'm enrolled in a virtual school and I have to use it. Second, it's very easy to get addicted to this phone thing. Listen to this one. I did over 20 hours yesterday on face chat with my friend. Please. My phone would say if it could talk. I am exhausted. Would you give me a break? I use it so much. Another quote. For me, being cool is being myself and having friends who like me for who I am. Another. Knowing my phone, now listen to this, is close to me. Makes me feel secure. Hmm. Any of that resonate with either one of you? Have you seen any of the older Young people with their phones looking like that's all they can do? Yes. <laughs> Have, let me ask you this. this. This fascinates me. I go out sometimes with friends for dinner, mm-hmm. okay? And um, I go to, you know, restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I can see people on dates. And they're sitting there. I guess they're chatting on their phones, but there's no eye contact. There's no expression. There's no they're empathy. They are engrossed, and sometimes I don't think they even talking to one another. I think they're doing their own thing. And they put it down to eat, but pick it up immediately. And for me, because I am at that age, the end of the toilet paper roll, I'm like, really? If I go on a date, I want you to look at me. Look at my beautiful eyes. I want to look at your <laughs> eyes. I want to hear your voice, you know. And Okay, enough of that. Did you hear anything, Graham, in any of those statements? Yeah, I did. The, the quote about being yourself and having friends that like you for who you are, mm-hmm. I my philosophy is 
if you are someone else mm -hmm. with the people that are around you mm -hmm. and they are friends with you, they're friends with that person. They're not friends with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. How does that feel? I make an effort myself to be myself around my friends, though I notice myself suppressing some behaviors, accentuating others. Uh-huh. Depending on who you're with. Depending on who I'm with, mm -hmm, yes. Mm -hmm. But it's so subconscious that I don't have to put effort into it. I don't have to try to be more talkative around my friends who know me as more talkative. Mm -hmm. I don't have to try to be quieter around my friends who know me as quieter. So, but if you are trying to be somebody else around people that you want to be around, they, they're liking what they see when you give it to them. But if you start being yourself, they're going to be, they're going to say, who's this? Mm -hmm. So it, there's a mask yeah. versus authenticity. I heard something earlier today that I had to write down, and it was about relationships. Mm. And it said your tribe, three categories of friends or people in your life, your tribe understands your vibe. You kind of like the same things. Maybe you eat the same things. Mm -hmm. Me, I don't eat red meat, you know. There are a few people around me that don't do that either. But then it went to your crew knows what you've been through. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to explain yourself. It's like a, a spirit to spirit kind of connection. Mm -hmm. So these are your buds mm -hmm. that are there for you. They got your front, your back, and your side. No matter what you've gone through, they're there because they know who you are and how you got there. And then the third one was your team understands your dream. So I thought, oh, I'm gonna look at me. I'm using it already. But I think, uh, Graham, what you said is. And I see this a lot with young people. I mentor some young women, and the hard thing for them is to take off the mask because they see when they take off the mask that people may see their scars. And what people don't understand is the things that we call mistakes and scars are growth. Mistakes are miracles, you know, waiting to happen. You better yourself from them. There you go. There you go. So that's that's what we're kind of looking for. And I don't know whether I don't know what's going on with the world today. I think it's it's a it's a process. It's mm -hmm. not an event. And I think parents have to keep communication open. And uh, Lucia, I'm going back to the fact that you said you want a cell phone. Now how are you ma how are you managing that argument with your folks? Well, it's not really working out, honestly. <laughs> Why? Why, Lucia? Why isn't it working out? Uh, my parents think that being on social media mm -hmm. and things on your phone will make me stop interacting with people. And so. How do you feel about that? Let's talk about that a little bit. Your dad or mom says, look. You know, we've seen what's going on. And, you know, I just gave you an example of friends. And one of the, I look up images for Generation Z. And all of them are like this. They are not looking at each other. They're looking like this. So how do you, how do you feel? Well, I try to convince them that I wouldn't do that and that I'd only use my phone for emergencies. 
and that I wouldn't be like that girl who spent 20 hours on FaceChat. How would. about that? Can that be? I don't believe that. No. I don't believe that. Mm -mm. I find that seems a little outlandish. Yes, a bit. We need to take her to see someone, to talk to someone. Yeah, she should true. spend time with someone. Yeah, see, if look at you. You got it. And look should. at how much you, I keep thinking the list that you gave of all the mm -hmm. things you're doing. Yeah. When uh -huh. are you going to have time yeah. to do this? <laughs> you can't do it when you're swimming. No. You can't do it when you're playing soccer. Nope. You can't do it when you're playing the violin. I bet you your parents don't let it on the on the table when you're eating. No. So why do you need a phone? Well. Because <laughs> you just want one, don't yes. you? Yes. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay because that's part of growing up, right? Yes. And I'm sure they have made a promise at some point in time you will get one, right? Thirteen. Okay. <laughs> that's good. There will be a lot of teachers that are very happy about that. <laughs> that you. That you're, wait, <laughs> that you're waiting until 13. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what I want to do is uh, do a brief message, and then we have a treat in store for us. We have Lucia and Graham and Veronica that are going to perform for us. So I'm going to do this quickly. Stay close. Welcome back. I've got uh, Lucia standing up holding her violin. She's going to speak into the mic and give us the name of the song that she's going to play. So I'm going to play a song called Gavat in G Minor by Bach. And I chose this song because I think it sounds like the waves going in and out at the beach. Oh, I love it. I love it. You go, girl. <laughs>
That's a huge kudos. Thank you so, so very much. Graham? And you want to tell us the name of the song you're about to play and why you chose it? So, this is a piece of my own composition. It is called Wings. And I composed this when I was staring out the window looking at a bluebird that was sitting on our bird feeder. And it took flight, and this little melody came into my mind that I decided to extrapolate on a little bit. Okay. I picked up my cello, and this is what came out of it. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. That was an original piece, mm -hmm. and we'd like to compliment him. And I'm rushing through this because I want everyone to have an opportunity to hear the talent that sits around the table. Thank you so much, Graham, and thank you, Lucia, Veronica. Um, I am going to be playing a, uh, a piece. Well, actually, it's a song. Um, it's my tribute. Um, Andre Crouch uh, made it famous. Yes. Um, but it is kind of uh, a mantra that I try to live by. Thank you.
I happen to know somewhere in there it says the voices of a thousand angels cannot express my gratitude. I uh, asked Veronica to uh, read a letter that she wrote to her younger self, and she's going to do that now. Listen up, folks. This is one of those spirit-to-spirit and heart-to-heart thingies, I think. It, it, it was uh, a bit therapeutic to do this, um, but I, I hear, here's what I came up with. All right, darling. Hey, girl. It's me, your 50-year-old self. Yes, girl. At 50, I can tell you that all of the things that you will experience will make sense, but not until you're in your late 40s. So here's what you need to know. Potential. You will hear this word a lot. First of all, your nine siblings all have names or titles like the cute one or the one born in the house or the light-skinned one. Your title as the smart one is one you will embrace. Your parents will seek to put you in special programs that accentuate your strengths as a, as a speaker and a performer. They will drag the entire family, the Mayo dozen, to, the many, to many of your performances. Your music teachers will say things like, she has so much potential. And I like how you're working to your potential. Side note, girlfriend, you will use that phrase a lot when you're speaking with your own students. Yes, you're going to be a teacher. You will enjoy being the one that your siblings ask for help on homework. There will, they, these will all make you feel good about most things, but not that lonely feeling of not being the cool one or the pretty one. Please know that you will grow up and live to and beyond your potential because of all the encouragement you'll receive from your high school teachers and your college professors. And yes, honey, you will be pretty cool when you are because you are loved and respected by so many. Here's something else you need to know, girl. Love. You know how awkward of a subject this is for us. Yes, even at 10 years old, you're thinking about this concept of a soulmate. But right now, even with all of your academic and musical potential, you, you, you might not love yourself as much because you're second-guessing your very existence as you seek the approval of your friends and, and those around you. They will not see how you try to fix your short hair like theirs. They will not see how you try to wear your, your mom's clothes and maybe um, fashion yourself after others so that you can look like them. News flash, honey, your body is not like theirs. Your hair is not like theirs. What you do have is true love for treating people with kindness. You will have incredible friends who will love you for who you are. However, listen, younger self, listen to me. Please know that when you begin to love yourself, you will forgive those who have hurt you with the pain and with the pain that has stunned it, maybe sometimes feel you so bruised physically and mentally. You will forgive yourself for the years of self-doubt and fear. You will appreciate learning how love and forgiveness are synonymous. Okay, lastly, girl, listen to this. Faith, faith. Girl, you will be forever grateful to your mother and father for teaching you about God. You have faith in God now. This faith will carry you through challenges. There will come a time when your faith will be shaken. You will be reminded of Psalm 119.71 that says, it is good that you have had challenges because you have learned to learn. 
thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, I've been sitting in here with gifts that have been opened and shared with you. I am so grateful to have had this opportunity. If you want to learn more, you can uh, go to the website, McLean Youth Orchestra, and get excited, get excited. I need you to know that um, you're special, you're amazing, you're stronger than you feel, you're smarter than you know, you're more beautiful than you think, and you're definitely more loved than you can ever imagine. You're listening to Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Same time, same place. Next week, your seat is guaranteed. And remember, I'm here, I'm listening, and I do love you. Have a blessed week now. Bye.